just uh, another key word that you'll see in the book. It has in a lot of different chapters. This is the generations of, the generations of, the generations of, the generations of, and that's all that Toledote is. But um, the authorship of Genesis was most, it was most likely written by Moses. Uh, there are three reasons that we believe this. There's no reason to doubt that Moses wrote it. The Old Testament proclaims that Moses wrote it, and chiefly because Jesus said Moses wrote it. If Jesus says it, we believe it, and that settles it. Um, the purpose of the book of Genesis, it tells the story of God's covenant. It, it's God's covenant through one man. Abraham is the center of the book. He is the, the, the point, he is the apex of the book. The, the book comes to a point at Abraham, and it, it's following his line before, before Abraham gets there, and then it follows Abraham's line after he comes. But it's talking about how God made a covenant with Abraham. That is the purpose of the book. Um, something that we're going to cover today is, uh, the, the, is Genesis a myth or was it taken from ancient sources? Um, what we said was it's not a myth. Genesis is actual history, and it's good to know because it gives you the foundation for marriage, the family, sex, uh, covenant relationship, tells you who God is, blah, 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 blah. And that's good, all foundational information that you have to have as you're moving through your Christian life. And then basically we got into the first verse, which is Genesis 1, 1, which I, I think, and, I, and the, I won't say the scholars agree with me, I agree with the scholars, that Genesis 1, 1 is like a summary statement. God created everything, and that's the point of Genesis 1, 1. And, that's, uh, it's, and on our little sheet it has, Berashit bara Elohim et Hashemayim vet Ha'eretz, and that's what we were talking about. This is on a different sheet. And we're, we're, I'm just covering, we're just covering uh, real quickly for the, for the recording what we went over last week because um, he wanted me to put that on this one. And so that's, that was Genesis 1, and uh, the, the, the key is you can see Christ in Genesis, and that's something that I wanted to talk about also this week. So that's kind of a really quick, you know, zoom through what we were talking about last week, and we just ended with Genesis 1.1. And so, but this week, we want to talk about Genesis 1, the whole chapter, okay? So, uh, what we're going to do, because what you have to understand here at Heritage Grace, um, Pastor Emilio or who's ever preaching from the pulpit, they kind of walk through the text. It's real slow. It's real detailed, giving you a lot of verbs and Greek and theology, and I love that stuff. What Chris did in his eight weeks, uh, he had a five-chapter book. Chris was kind of like in a train going through scripture a little bit faster, not covering everything because like he preached the other week and he said, hey, I wanted to bring out something that I wasn't able to bring out in, in Sunday school. Well, if Emilio's walking and Chris is in a train, I'm like in a spaceship. All right, I got 20 chapters to cover in eight weeks. So I'm kind of like, we're not going to go through every verse. We're just going to hit highlights in the chapters, okay? And so, because all I want you guys to do is kind of be familiar with what the book says and follow the story, follow the flow. What I didn't tell you guys to do last week was read Genesis 1. I'll make sure I tell you to read Genesis 2 for next week. So read Genesis 2 for next week. So I got that out of the way. So in Genesis 1, it's going to say in, on your worksheet, it has the original uh, meaning of the words. It's, it, that word is tohu, and the other word for void is bohu. In verse, three, uh, verse 2, it says, the earth was formless and void. In verse 2 of chapter 1, it says, the earth was formless and void. 
And I'm just curious, Jason, what, is, what does the ESV have? I'm just curious, in verse 2. two. Yeah. Does it say formless and void? So the earth was without form and void. Okay. So it has the same thing. I think most, most translations are going to translate the words tohu and it's bohu, but there's a vav there, which is a con, uh, connective, basically and, so it's tohu and babohu. And that's gonna, that is the state of what God created. He created everything, but it was without form and it was void. And so what we're going to get into is what God did to fill that up. The, he, you have this unfinished creation. God creates everything, and it's kind of there. And then he has, to, he has to fill it all up, flush it all out, okay? But one of the things that people like to talk about is, is there a trinity in uh, Genesis 1, and they talk about 126. I actually think you can find a trinity, more importantly, again, looking back from the New Testament, in the first couple of verses of, of Genesis. Uh, in verse 2, you have the Spirit of God, and that is found as an illusion. So you have God who creates, then you have the Spirit of God in verse 2 that's moving on the waters, and where do you find the second person of the Trinity, uh, Christ Jesus? God uses his word to speak. And a lot of people, a lot, and I think it's, it's not a uh, concrete, solid, uh, actual picture, bless you, of Jesus Christ, but I think it's an illusion. You get a sense of what's coming. Because, again, when John picks up that language and he says the word was in the beginning, I think it's very important to understand that I think John, there was a lot of debate on what is John, who's he writing to? Is John writing to a Greek audience, a Hebrew audience? Who? I think John was writing to a Jewish audience that happened to be in a, uh, a Hellenistic place. He's writing to people who would understand his language. Because, again, they're, they're saturated with the Old Testament. They understand uh, uh, in the beginning. Okay? And they understand that, there, that this word was in the beginning. And I think John was using that, and it helped people understand, it, it bring their mind back to their mind what he was talking about. So there's the Spirit of God, you've got God, and you've got the word in the first couple of verses. And there's an allusion to the Trinity. So the third paragraph. In verse 1, God creates all things. In verse 2, the state is told to us. It's formless and it's void. But have you thought about what the Bible says about creation? Okay. Again, the Bible is a what kind of book? It's on your paper. should be. Or it might not be. Excuse me. It's a Jesus book. All right? The Bible is a Jesus book. The Bible tells of Jesus creating all things over and over again. So can anybody tell me, I already mentioned John, any other verses that talk about Jesus as the creator? Colossians 1, 15, 15 through 20. Okay, can anybody, I lost my pencil. Can anybody think of any other verses? Thinking of him or his creation? Thinking of Jesus as the creator. Oh, I found it. I'm going to go to Hebrews 1, but I would have to remember exactly what it says. Hebrews 1, 8 through 10, or 8 through 12. Uh, talks about him being the creator. Anybody have any others? Mark chapter 2. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, okay? If you created the Sabbath, who's the creator? You're the creator. The Sabbath was on the seventh day. Any others? Anybody have any others? I'm not going to say anything. I want, I want you all to think. I want you all to think. There's the, there's the verses that we always know. Yeah, we can spout off John 1, and we know Colossians. Are there any other verses? If somebody came to your door and knocked on your door this morning, or this afternoon, I keep saying this morning, 
this afternoon and said, Jesus Christ is not God, and I, they gave you a 10-minute answer to John 1, they gave you a 10-minute answer to Colossians 1, where would you go? Now, I can sing the music, you know. Do, 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 do. Where would you guys go? Any idea? Come on, help me out, help me out. We want to talk. I don't want to talk for the next 30 minutes. I want you all to work with me. In, in the New Testament. In the New Testament. In the New Testament. Where would you go? Where would you go to show somebody? Did you already say that all things were made for him, by him? That's Colossians. Yep. Okay, okay. That was how I can think of it. Well, I guess it depends on, might depend on what translation, because in Jude, it talks about Christ rescuing his people out of Egypt. Yep. Then in another yep. translation, yep. it says God. Yep. So that's why I'm, I don't know exactly what... Depends on what translation I'm using as to where I would go. That's a good verse. I forgot about that, but that's okay. a good verse, though. Anybody else? Manny, you got one? Hebrews. Uh, Jason mentioned Hebrews. Second uh, Peter. Second Peter. What's it say? Um, it says, where, is the, where is the promise coming from? For ever since the fall of the world, all continues just as it was the beginning of creation. From, but does it say who was the who was the beginning of creation? We're looking for Jesus being the creator. It should be, yeah, one more. One more. Anybody have any, any, any guesses at all? I mean, it kind of alludes to the fact that he's the Alpha and the Omega, you know, Revelation. Like. Revelation. 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 I really love it. <laughs> I'm thinking you were just talking about like, his name is in there. And that's, I mean, that's... It, where, uh, I, I would say not necessarily, you know, Jesus is the creator of heaven, okay. but just any allusion to the fact that the man Christ Jesus was the one who created all things, created the whole universe. <laughs> Revelation, Hebrews, and you can actually look, there's a lot of other places, a good book to get is um, Jesus as God by Murray J. Harris. It's a great book. gives you all of the places in the New Testament where Jesus is called Theos, and uh, it's like this thick, and it's all full of Greek and everything, but it's a really a wonderful book. It'll, it will sure up your faith. So we want to talk about the days of creation. Now, Again, you've got, there are, how many days of creation are there? Anybody can raise, raise, throw out anything. Six. Six. Seven. Anybody got, how, anybody say eight? Anybody say two? There's actually six. What's funny is if you ask people on the street, they'll say seven days of creation. There wasn't seven days of creation, there was six. What did God do on the seventh day? He rested. He said, I'm through with this, let me take a break. Okay? But God doesn't rest like we all rest. All right? Uh, it's not, it's, uh, the six days are topical, okay? I, I don't think, and this is where I get into some trouble with some people, uh, I don't think that they're, um, literal is not the right word. I'm, I've been trying to figure out a word. It's not that they're not literal, but I, I think the best way to say it is just say it positively. I think the days of creation are topical in nature. Now, this does not rule out a literal interpretation but the topical nature has to be realized. That's the, right under the days of creation, I think that sentence is really key. The topical days have to be, it has to be understood. And here's how you can understand how they're topical. You see that chart on your paper where it says unformed and unfilled? I think your guys' copy, one side of it is day two, day one, day two, and day three. On day one, you have God creates light. Day two, God creates the sky. And the water, is, uh, the water and the sky is divided. In day three, he does the land and the vegetation. 
that is unformed. Those things, it was, he's creating all things. But now he says, I'm going to fill up all these things again, playing on those words tohu and babohu. He says on day four, so you have day one light. On day four, he gives uh, the light givers, the sun, the moon, and the stars. So there's a correlation between what he created on day one and what he created on day four. On day two, God created the water and the sky. But on day five, he created the fish that goes in the water and the birds that fly in the air. And on day three, he created the land and the vegetation, the plants that are growing on the land. Day six, he created the animals, man, the land animals, and he created man. So the outline of this structure can be seen in Genesis 1-2, where the earth is described as being unformed and, 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 a, and a void and unfilled. The first three days of creation involved the forming of the earth, while the second involved the filling of the earth. Now, there is a repeated pattern by God in the first couple of chapters. God speaks this way to introduce each creation day. It's down there underneath that little chart. He'll introduce it by saying, and God said. If you look at, um, if you look in your Bible, let's go, let's go to the fifth day. If you, say, if you look at verse 20, it says, and God said. And it said, there will be a let there be. That's the command that God would give. If you just look in, or if, the third thing will be a report, and it was so. Then there's going to be an evaluation by God, and God saw that all was good, okay? And then there's a time sequence given, and there was evening, and there was morning, and then it will give, you know, day one, day two, day three, through the end. God, at, at the end, God always makes this statement. He says that all things, when he does them, are what? Anybody have any idea? Good. Good. In the Hebrew, I wanted, to, I wanted to bring a sheet with the word tov on it. But Hebrew, the, the word tov is a word you're going to see all throughout the Hebrew scriptures. Whenever it's talking about God, it's talking about his goodness, all right? And God is good, and we know that. The fact that we're here today breathing his air, living on his, living on his earth, and he hasn't crushed us all to dust is a testament to God being good. All right? You can flip your sheet over. Now, the Hebrew word for day in the text is the day yom. Now, it's not om. We're not transcendental meditations. We're not going, you know, om. That's not what we're doing. It's the day yom. It's yod, vav, and mem. And it's kind of weird. It's one of the first words you learn because it's short. It's got three letters. But that word, again, it pops up in Genesis 1 all over the place. Now, who can tell me what does the word day mean? Any ideas? Age. An age. It does, actually. Can you give me a verse that supports that? Um, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have a number of his days. Well, you can, you can actually find a, 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 that word being used for an age in Genesis. Oh. In the first two chapters. Anybody have any idea? Well, I mean, it's all, you always have to define it with the context, right? Yes. And so, 
in this in this place here, you know, it always gives you with a number a definition of the. So what does when it's with a number, what does it always mean? Twenty-four hours. Twenty-four hour days. If if you've got the word yom with a number like one, two, three, that's a twenty-four hour day. Yes, Josh. Technically, I think it would be uh, less than twenty-four hours or more than 24 hours because the lunar calendar is what the ancient Near East went off of. That's probably true, yes. But we're, we're going to say 24 hours just to be general for everybody. No problem. I love you, man. Um, so we've got, uh, does anybody have a, do you have a, anybody can find the verse for 24 hours, but can you, anybody find a verse for an age? That's what you said, right? The first thing you said? An age. Can anybody find a verse for an age? Do, 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 do. Try looking around chapter two. Maybe verse four. Is it of the earth, the heavens and the earth? Keep reading. In the day, and that's that's the day. Now, see, a lot of people when you talk to um, uh, cemeteries and stuff, I. I I made a mistake. I, I, I would bring this verse up, and, and I don't think it's a good verse to bring up. Because that day, technically that day, what's being talked about in verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4, that day hasn't ended. Okay? If you want to look at it like this. Um, in the day that he created, God is still in the process. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Creation is over. There's, there was another one. Oh, where was that one? Might be the third one. Well, there's the, there's the light of the 24-hour days. That's in 1-5. The extended period of time in 2-4. And the 24-hour period basically refers to a full rotation of, of the earth on its axis. And that's in verses 8. There's one, there's one where it says, ah, oh, I can't remember where it is now. Is it, you're saying 2-8 is the other one you're saying? Or 3-8? No, the, uh, it was 1-8 that I was talking about. And I just can't, I can't remember, now I can't remember the verse. It's not good to get old, y'all. You can't remember things. Um, mm -hmm. No, I would just... 217, 217. Was it 217? Well, that would probably be a, it wouldn't be a literal 24-hour day use. It would just mean... It, it might be, it might have been 217. But there's, there's a, 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 there's a place in the scriptures, and it's in the first two chapters, where it uses day, and it's not talking about 24 hours, it's not talking about the cycle of light and day, but it's just talking about this long period of time, and it hasn't ended. Yes? Is it uh, in reference to the seventh day, the, the day of rest? Because I thought I'd heard that before, saying that that was a day that didn't have a beginning and an end, that that day is still open, essentially. That, that, is resting from his work. That's coming up. That's, that's what we'll get to. That might have been it. I'm having a, a, a brain I skipping. I I'd heard that when you were going through Hebrews, and talking about in chapter four, referencing back. That's a New Testament to, reference. Right. I mean, saying referencing back to this point here, talking about that that day of all the other days did not have a beginning. It had, you know, it didn't have a be well, it had a beginning, but it didn't. It doesn't have, have an end. end. And, and I agree with that. I agree with that. But there was a place in Genesis though that's I, actually talking about it. That's, I just thought that's where you were referring to. Yeah. I'm going to get to that. Um, but it gave it, it. But here's the thing, though, the clarity on that. <coughs> it does give it a number, so. Strict exegesis would determine that it's a, on that seventh day he actually rested from creating somehow. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to start another week. Huh? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Uh, it, it's just, but it's just a, a it's used as a literary figure just to say that okay. he ended stuff. He that there, there's this day, using a broad sense, that God did these things, and that day there's no there's no closing to that day in the scriptures. I think it might have been two four. Almost like that day is still open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's basically if you get if you get hung up on the days of creation, this is the point I wanted to make. If you get somebody who's just arguing and cantankerous and just going at you tooth and nail, you can look at them, smile, and say, uh-huh. but what does the scripture say about who created? That's the issue. In Genesis 1, the issue isn't about the days. We can argue seven days, 24 hours, long periods of time, whatever. That's fine. I have my beliefs, and I think this church, we all believe that it's 24-hour days. That's not a problem. But the issue is not... Uh, when the issue is who. God did this. Okay? That's the key. The point to Genesis 1 is that God created all things. And we're going to get to that when you move to the next point in your outline where it talks about ancient myths. Uh, it says the Babylonians had their creation story, Egyptians had their creation story, Sumerians, whoever, whoever, everybody had a creation story. And I know y'all all can't see this. I wanted to, I'll pass this around. This is a depiction of the Egyptian creation story, okay? And what's cool about it is, if you think about the Genesis creation story, there's day, there's, there's dark, there's light, there's uh, day, there's night, there's all this stuff going on. Many of those elements are found in this, this picture. I'll, I'll pass it around so everybody can see. You've got the ground, this little blue guy is the sky. You have the main guy going across the sky. As the sun goes across the sky, that was rock. Uh, you have the Leviathan that comes out of the deep, which is this little creature over here. And you see that the, the ground is actually touching the sky. Okay, there's all this pictures going on. But that's how, if you were living back then, unless you had revelation, that's how you would describe what was going on. Somebody said, well, where did all this come from? How did we get the sun, the sky, and where does the sky end and all of that stuff? You would say, well, you know, my God did it, and my God rises every morning because he's powerful, and then the, the force that opposes my God comes up at night and all of this stuff. You would just describe all of these things in a phenomenological language. Okay, are you all following me? That's all that you would have. And what um, scholars will do, that little picture on your paper is a picture of, it's a, again, it's a, it's a picture of a copy of the Anumalish. That is the story that most parallels the creation in the Genesis account. And that's the one, if you read it, you can go online, just type in, you know, Anumalish, and it'll pull up something. Uh, If you read it, it's actually kind of fun to read because you'll see, you're like, you'll be thinking, hey, did, did, did we steal this from these people? Did we get this from these people? No, you gotta understand. All the people were living back way at this time, way back, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago. So, but what you have is Moses gets revelation from God. Everybody else had to just explain it as best they could. Moses' account is true. I think Moses uh, took stories that he had heard from people who came before him and was telling the truth from what he had understood. Again, it's revelation from God. But the stories are all going to be similar. Does that make sense? 
If we're talking about, hey, God created this, well, Marduk did it, or Asherah did it, or Ra did it, or whoever your God is going to be did it. But the issue is Yahweh did it. That's the point of Genesis 1-1. It doesn't, the last sentence says, so what he does, he does from nothing, or creation ex nihilo, that's the space there. That's what God does. Yes, Josh? Question. So if I'm interpreting what you're saying right, um, you're saying the authorial intent of, this, of, of Moses when he wrote this book was not necessarily to be specific about a, a day, a 24-hour day in understanding the creation of the earth, but more in the sense that who it was coming from, Elohim. I, I, I think so. So then let me ask you this. If you were to interpret the numerical, no, the number with the word yom yeah. um, as a little 24-hour day, why would you even put that in there? I, I think it works grammatically. Okay. Uh, if it works grammatically. Wouldn't it be the authorial intent to have a certain grammar to prove a point as well? Uh, but I think the point that Moses was trying to prove was not, because you, you can't, if you, because again, there's the issue with how you translate verse one. Mm -hmm. Is it in the beginning God or is it when God began to create? Okay. So it, depending upon how you translate verse one will determine was there already pre-existing stuff here when God started to create or was there absolutely nothing when God started to create? So now I take the fact there was absolutely nothing when God started to create. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hmm? That's, that's creation ex nihilo, and I agree, okay? But the, the, the issue for me is I don't think the people back then were looking at, they weren't, they weren't asking the same questions that we're asked today. They weren't worried about the when of creation. They were worried about who created. Does that make sense? Let me ask you like this, John. I think, because yeah, I think if, if most would have said day one, day two, day three, mm -hmm. they weren't worried about it. Right. It wasn't a big debate, but I think that grammatically they knew exactly what he was saying. So I think it's true and he was grammatically trying to say that. Right. But a larger point is who. Right. I'm not. I'm not arguing yeah, that. That's no, what he was trying to say. That's no, not what I'm arguing. I was just making sure you're not shooting yourself in the foot by your argumentation on that point. No, I wasn't saying that. He. I, if I. If I was unclear, please forgive me. It's not that he didn't care about it at all. It's that I don't think that was what was forefront in his mind. I think what was forefront in Moses' mind was letting. Because you've got all of these stories floating around. Yes, yeah, and you've got to understand. They're, they're coming out of captivity. They're getting ready to cross the, the, the river. They've got, you know, they've just seen God swallow these people up in the, in the flood. And he, they're like, who are we? And he, Moses goes up and he gets this revelation from God. And God says, this is who you are. I've done this. And God basically is just tracking who they are through this history. And, again, it covers 2,000 years and 11 chapters. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And then you go, but you're going to spend... Uh, 40 chapters on basically four guys, you know. So you've got these 2,000 years that are being covered like lickety-split. He's got to just jump over chunks of stuff. You know, he can't get to them. He can't tell them what was going on in China or what was going on in the United States or it wasn't even the United States, you know, what's going on over here or down in Antarctica. He's giving them a precise, very, I think it's a very linear idea that I did this. Because, again, as much as you see, uh, Yom with a number, 
even more in the text, you see God, 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 Elohim, Elohim. And then it becomes even more prevalent when you get to chapter 2, because then you have Yahweh, Elohim. You've got Lord God. So do you think that it could be the universal is that who created, and the particular would be how it was done? I'll agree, I'll agree with the first point. Western logic is it, it, it's not that it's Western logic. I think, I think again, I think, it, and, and right now I'm just basing what I'm saying on what I've read, on the scholars that I've read. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to uh, agree with them that I don't even think that that was a question they were asking. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the, the when question mm-hmm. was even an issue. I think what was an issue was that God did it. I mean, I think that was the overriding, because again, I think when you look at chapters 1, 2, and 3. 450 years of captivity of Egypt would determine a lot of pagan uh, presuppositions. Exactly. 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 They're they're in a situation where you've got all this backstory that they've got to bring. And and God's like, no, it was me. And you need to know who I am. I think that was what was writing over, over the text more than... He did this 10,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago. He did this, if you're like Hugh Ross, you know, billions of years ago. I think Hugh Ross is wrong. But uh, I don't think any of that was in, was in Moses' mind or God's mind. You know what I'm saying? I think God was just like, I did this. Y'all need to know who I am. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, but it leads up to this, this wonderful thing. You get the seventh day. The seventh day <laughs> is a pain in the, in the arm because what do you have, what is Jesus' biggest issue? When you get to the New Testament, what was Jesus always fighting about? The Sabbath day. Every, every time you turn around, Jesus was walking through the fields on the Sabbath day. Jesus was picking, or his disciples were picking, you know, picking grain heads on the Sabbath day. Jesus was doing this on the Sabbath day, doing that on the Sabbath day, and it drove the Jews Nuts! It drove them cuckoo because the Jews looked back to the seventh day and said, this is our day of rest. This is the day that God gave us to rest. But the issue isn't that. Read uh, Genesis. Everybody, let's turn to Genesis 2. We're going to read 1 through 3. And I want to see if you see a command in there for this to be for all mankind. And I'm hoping. Question, real quick, not so much on the Sabbath <laughs> yeah. and what he was relating to, because I, I guess I might disagree slightly on that. I kind of think obviously one. <laughs> what I think what is what we see, if you go back in history, not so the Sabbath, but the fence laws around the Sabbath yes. that I think he addressed. So whether someone's a Sabbatarian or not, I think what needs to be addressed is the fence laws and what they should or shouldn't have been doing. And I agree with you. Okay. Um, I think, uh, to, to, to quickly state it, I think Jesus took what they believed were the Sabbath laws, those extra, right. extra prints. To me, I, I see that's what he said, not so much the day itself. He took, he, he took they, the, you had the Sabbath day, and then they built a bunch of laws around it. That's what he's talking about when he talked about fence laws. So you had the actual what God commanded, and then there's a bunch of laws around it. And I think what Jesus was doing was speaking to those laws that were around the Sabbath day. Yeah. But... I think that the, the issue be, beyond the fence laws or actually what did God say 
and when did he command it? So in, as we read verse, chapter 2, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their hosts. By the seventh day God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Does anybody see a command for anybody to follow the seventh day? Is there anything in there? Does, any, does anything in there say, and this is for you for man to follow? This is what you have to do. It's not in the text. It's not until Exodus that you have that. And again, Exodus is when they're coming out. Exodus is they're being freed from Egypt. God is moving them away. Now, I think it's interesting when I say that, and I think um, this will be interesting to, to Jason, there's really no call in Exodus. It's like a, a look back that they should have been doing this all throughout their captivity, and there's no place in the Scripture where it says that. And well, you might say it's description alone and not. That would be another argument in itself. And that, that's a whole other argument in itself. And, and the th so the thing is, I think the, the point of the whole issue of the Sabbath is this. God said, work six days, rest one. Because I worked six days, I rested one. That's the point. I, me personally, now you can get legalistic or you can get very, you know, literal in interpretation. I think if you want to work Tuesday through Monday or Tuesday through Sunday and take Monday off as your day, that's fine. Whatever you want to do is fine. I, it doesn't matter to me personally. I think we do it right here. We, work, we come here on the seventh day. We listen to God's word being preached. We listen to God's word being taught. We listen to God's word uh, being sung. We fellowship. We hang out. We, we uh, try to practice the one another commands in scripture, et cetera, et cetera. I think that is what we are called to do. I don't think that you have a set and steadfast command in Genesis, and I'm just talking about in Genesis, to follow the Sabbath day. Now, a lot of people will disagree with that, and they'll, they'll say, hey, but God said he did this on that day. And to that I say, okay, I got you, I understand. And we can have some really interesting talks. But I don't think, again, that God's point was to tell them to do this on that day. So that's that. Um, we're running out of time, so let me finish this quickly, and then we'll pray. And I'll have any questions, please ask me. Um, Jesus can be seen in the creative works of our sovereign God, and he is the creator, established, that we already established that above, and above, but he's also pictured in the rest of the Sabbath. If you turn to Hebrews, everybody turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 4, says, For he had said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his work. Now that's what it says in Genesis. And again, this passage, They shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remained for some to enter it, enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter it because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain day. Today, 
saying through David after so long a time, just as had been said before. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. Verse 9 is the key. So there, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. That word Sabbath rest is the word sabbatamos, which just means it, it, it is just, you just, it is complete rest, total rest. The easiest way for me to say that. It is a complete just laying down of all your trying, all your striving, all your working. It's rest. Rest okay? in him. And it's, and it's rest found in him. It's eschatological. You just get to, uh, in colloquial language, you get to chill out. Okay? <laughs> That's what it's saying, okay? You get to chill out. And that's, that's so key. I think Christ Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. I think Jesus fills up the Sabbath law, okay? I think Jesus is the man who, who takes, there's, there's a misunderstanding of the Sabbath and a misunderstanding of what God has said, and that's what he's speaking about, but I think the fulfillment of the Sabbath is found in Jesus. Does that make sense? Okay, are there any questions we, we're already running late for, for, for worship. So no questions. Let me pray real quick, and then we can get out of here. Uh, Father, we thank you. Lord, I hate that I had to rush through a lot of this, um, but um, we just had time constraints today. Father, we just thank you for what you've done. Lord, I just hope that everybody learned a little bit about Genesis today, Genesis chapter 1. Lord, and we'll learn about chapter 2 next week in the creation of man and woman. And, Lord, uh, just uh, bless it. Let's have a great day of worship. And, uh, Lord, uh, bless Emilio as he's uh, going to preach to us today. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for our visitors and for our friends who are here. And, Lord, uh, we just thank you so much. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all be blessed.